Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. Welcome to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and you're listening to episode five, all about music teachers' overwhelm, what it is, how it happens, and how to avoid it. Well, hello there, lovely teachers. Is your head swimming with all the possibilities and the things that you could be doing with your teaching? Do you never feel good enough? Well, I'm here to help. I know how overwhelmed teachers can get and how easy it is to feel like you're just not enough. You're not trying enough new ideas. You're not being creative enough. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Teachers get so overwhelmed, especially, I think, private music teachers, because they're in their own little bubble. And within their little bubble, they're on their phone or on their computer, scrolling through blogs and Facebook and Pinterest and seeing all of these ideas. And I know I'm part of the problem here, right? Colorful Keys has been going uh, for four or five years now. So there's a lot of stuff on there. My blog is full with tons of ideas and tons of other blogs are out there as well doing the same thing and your Pinterest and not to mention the ideas that you could be taking from music classroom teachers or anyone else. So there's a lot, right? And it's really easy to get wrapped up in all of that stuff that you could be doing and not do anything and feel bad about it. Within our little bubbles, we end up comparing ourselves to others. And it's fine to want to do better. It's fine to want to improve. There's nothing wrong with that. But pure comparison against other teachers gets us nowhere. It only makes us feel inadequate. I know, I felt like that. But you can't do everything. And those teachers aren't doing everything either. So I want to give you four ways to avoid this horrible overwhelm and hopefully make you feel more confident as a teacher. Number one is to keep organized. Now I know what you're thinking, right? Maybe one of the ways that you're feeling overwhelmed right now is trying to organize everything. So me telling you to keep organized is not helpful. But trust me, organization is everything. As an, and as a former extremely messy person, which most people don't believe when they now look at my studio, trust me, it is so worth putting these systems in place. The thing about great organizational systems 
is that once they're there, you don't have to think about them. They should be automatic. It should just be that at the end of the day, your stuff goes away in the bins or into your colored coded cabinets or whatever system you come up with. If that happens each and every time automatically, that's where you get to think about other things and you can use that extra time that you've saved that you would have been fluffing around trying to find all this stuff that you need for better things like maybe trying new ideas or like going to the beach, right? So how do you sort these things out then? If you need good systems, where do they come from? Well, they come one at a time. So all you need to do is pick one thing that is not working right now. It could be the way you organize your lesson plans that we talked about last week. It could be the way you keep notes on your students, the emails from parents that just end up in a big piled up inbox or the games in your studio or the printables in your computer folders. Whatever it is, pick the one that's sucking up the most time and causing you the most stress right now and find a good solution. With all of these things, you'll end up trying out lots of solutions until you find the one that's right for you. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you do have to stick to them for a little while to see if they're working. So come up with something feasible for the problem and put it in place and then give it your best shot for a few months. If it's still not working, then rethink it again and it goes back on that need to sort out a system for list. But having systems in place, basically what it means is you you don't have to make decisions about that stuff. Every time you look at a thing, a resource, a book, whatever it is, and decide what you should do with it, you're using up your thinking power, your energy, your attention, and you don't have any to spare, most likely. So don't let yourself waste time and decision-making power on things that you could just have an automatic system for. If it's this, it does that. If it's this, it does that. Especially if you've been teaching for a while, you know the stuff that ends up on your floor. You know the things that end up in your inbox or your text messages or whatever. Speaking of emails and text messages, if you're getting them from all over the place and at all times of the day, then that might be a system you sort out too. Maybe you narrow it down and tell parents they have to email you or call you only. Or maybe you don't want any calls and you switch off your ringer during the day. Whatever it is, it needs to be a system that works for you and you need to give it a good try and improving it periodically. So mark off one thing this week that you're going to fix and mark off time to research the best system and implement it. Now make sure that this time is blocked off and that you have to make a decision by the end of it. You could spend five years exploring ways to categorize folders. Okay, but it's not going to get you anywhere because your folders are still going to be uncategorized. So give yourself an hour, a half hour, whatever it is, set it aside, make a cup of coffee, and then explore some options and implement it within that time. Right? That's it. That's all the time you have, and it has to happen. So make sure you leave enough time to actually put it into place and make yourself make a decision about what you're going to try out. Okay, so that's how you can keep organized, right? That's one way to avoid overwhelm. The next way is to implement 
some kind of screen respite in your week. Now again, I might be part of the problem here. I have a blog, I run websites, I'm on Facebook, I'm doing all these things that keep you on screens if you're paying attention, right? But I make it a point to spend time away from screens because spending all of your time looking at a screen or all of your time jumping between looking at a screen and looking at the outside world is not healthy. You know, many parents will put restrictions on their kids' screen time. And I think we need to do that to ourselves too. Because screens, websites, apps, they're designed to keep you staring at them. I'm sorry to say that is what they want. So they are powerful. And if you don't put things in place to take yourself away from them, you can spend all your time looking at them. And if you spend all your time looking at them, it's not good for you because, well, it's bad for your eyes for one thing, but it's also bad because it's such a fast moving pace. And it's not something our bodies were particularly designed to deal with, which is partially what makes it so addictive, right? But you need to take yourself out and slow yourself down every so often. So find a time when you can put your phone in a drawer. Don't just put it in your pocket, put it away. You know, when I go for walks, I go for walks up the mountains each week with my husband. And when I do that, I leave my phone in the car. Now, it's not an expensive phone, so no one's going to rob it from my car. (laughs) And so it doesn't matter. But it makes a big difference. Just don't take it. Don't take it. Whenever I go for a walk, I just leave my phone at home unless I'm listening to something and then it goes completely on silent or even on airplane mode. So people can't even, you know, I can't even receive the messages because I know it's too tempting. It's much easier to make that decision in advance. So find a time when you can have at least an hour where you don't touch your phone or maybe a weekend. Maybe you turn them off all weekend, whatever suits you, but find a way to get away from the screens for a little while because I promise it's probably part of the overwhelm you're feeling. Speaking of my Sunday walks, another important part of avoiding overwhelm or burnout as a music teacher is doing things that you love and getting distracted. What I mean by that is stuff that is nothing to do with your job. So yes, playing piano for your own pleasure, singing a beautiful song that you haven't sung since a recital is great but it's still kind of related to your job and I don't think it counts quite as much. What I'd really like to encourage you to do is to do something completely out of, outside of teaching and music. Something completely separate. It could be going for walks in the mountains like me. It could be learning to kayak. It could be learning a completely different instrument, maybe at a push reading a great novel, writing a great novel, (laughs) do something that is nothing to do with your profession. And I promise you, this is where the best ideas come from. Actually, problems that you're having in your business or with a particular student or a struggle you have, they'll be sorted out much better in the back of your brain than in the front. Worrying about it and worrying around with it, that's part of it. But once you've done that a little bit, you've tried to think of a solution, you need to let it go and do something completely distracting. 
that's where the real results will come from with that problem that you're experiencing or the decision you're trying to make. So find a way that you love, a thing that you love to do, that isn't music, that isn't teaching, and go do it. Make the time to do it, whatever it is. My last of the four ways to avoid overwhelm and burnout is to do one thing at a time. Now, you may have heard this advice before. You may have heard it a bunch of times, but we all forget it from time to time. You need to do one thing at a time. Multitasking doesn't work. (laughs) It's not possible. And doing one thing at a time will get you much more results than doing nothing. Now, I'm not just referring to multitasking in the moment. I'm referring to trying new things in a more general sense. Do one thing at a time. If you have a whole Pinterest board of ideas that you want to try out in your teaching and you still haven't, pick one today, try it with a student, try it with another student, and then come back when you're ready for more. Because collecting ideas doesn't do anything. Ideas are great. They're wonderful. But action is better. So do one thing this week or this month or this quarter or this year. Narrow it down so that it's actually doable and you really take action on something. The ideas are not going anywhere. We all have this feeling of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out when it comes to blogs and all of these things. It feels like if we don't grab it now, if we don't take it now, it's going to go away. But it's not. Try to switch your mind to an idea of abundance because there really is an abundance of ideas. There's so much stuff. And you don't need to try it all today. You need to try one thing that's important to you and your students this week so that you can move forward. You know, I mentioned this to a lot of new vibrant music teaching members when they join the site. The temptation is to go to the library and try to print everything and laminate it all and have it all stored in a library. And while they're welcome to do that, all members are welcome to print as much as they like. It doesn't achieve the best results. The best results are actually achieved when members go in, pick one game to try and don't actually come back until they've tried it. They'll try it out with a student, they'll see some success and they'll come back. And then maybe when they come back, they dive into some training or watch a teaching video to see more about that game or pick out another game and try that. It's all about taking action because nothing happens if you don't. And when you take action, you feel better about those ideas that you're seeing because you know you're doing something and that what you're doing is valuable and valid. And the other ideas, they'll be there if you want them. So I have three questions that you can ask yourself to finish off today. And this is if you're looking at an idea and you're wondering, should I prioritize this? Should I make this part of my to-do list? Should I put it in the calendar? Should I print it out? Should I grab it? And that is, is this worth my time, energy and money? Can I do this in a way that is faster, easier or cheaper? Will this really improve things for me or make my students' educational experience better? So if it is not really worth your time, energy or money, then don't do it. 
If you can do it in a way that is faster, easier, or cheaper, don't do it this way. And if you don't see it making a big difference in your studio, then just move on. Scroll on by, as we like to say, and come back again later if you feel like you really need it. Chances are, if something seems like a good idea and you're not quite sure, then if you just leave it, it'll resurface, it'll come back to you if it was really important. It's like what people say about when you forget something, right? You forget what you were going to say and they say, my mum always says this, oh, if it's important, you'll think of it. I don't know how true that is, but I think it's true of teaching ideas. If it's important that you try it, you will get an opportunity to try it. So don't stress about it if it doesn't seem like the most important thing to do right now. If there's one thing I want you to take away from this podcast, it is to do one thing. That is the most important message. Do one thing at a time. Emphasis on do. Do that one thing, then try the next thing. That honestly is how you make change in your studio and improve as a teacher. You can find the show notes for today's episode at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash five. That's the number five. And if transfer students are one of the things that has you stressed out and overwhelmed, I totally get it. And there's a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks that will be useful to you. There's actually a new training that's already been released in the VMT site. So members can access that now under videos and then courses all about how I deal with transfer students and what I do in the first few lessons and going forward to get them off to the best possible start in my studio. There's a webinar available to everyone on the 7th. So you can sign up for that now and get more information about it at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash transfer. So hop on over there and sign up for it. It's going to be a great presentation and discussion about transfer students and what we can do to make their journey in your studio more successful. And next week on the podcast is about transfer students as well. So I'm going to talk to you about how I deal with transfer students and what I have found has worked over the years. I'll catch you then. Bye for now. You can become a Vibrant Music Teaching member today at vmt.ninja, where you can access the full courses, including the recent Transfer Student and Tiny Finger Takeoff and the Practice Pro course that were released previously. You can access the full library of games and creative activities and ideas, as well as regular trainings and live calls with me. Find out more and become a member at vmt.ninja today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.